Coming up on Back of My Play, we're discussing one of the final releases on the NES here in the States and the last in the Mega Man Rockman series on the NES and the Famicom, respectively. We are talking Mega Man 6. Phil Theobald joins me to talk about this underappreciated classic, and we finish up the episode talking about some April Fool's memories from magazines of the past. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and just rock out to the fantastic soundtrack of Mega Man 6. Hello, welcome back to Back in My Play. This is episode number 101. My name is Kevin Larrabee, and joining me for this episode, where we're going to be talking about Mega Man 6 on the NES and Famicom, is Phil Theobald of, I guess, pretty much like the Player One podcast? Player One podcast, uh, Points of Articulation podcast, if you want to hear us hear me talk about Transformers and Legos. I'm sorry, Lego Bricks. Lego Bricks. (laughs) Is that a branding thing? It is a branding thing, yes. Yeah, stay on brand, stay on brand. Um, Yeah. No, but but it is great because not only are you uh, an expert on all those, you're also, I believe, an expert on... The Mega Man series from you know our talks we we did I think we did four and five together as well right I believe we did and now we're just ready to to close the book on that eight bit console with the final release Mega Man yep. six which I'm I'm very excited to do yeah finish up the rear trilogy absolutely uh, the the cool thing that I didn't realize until I just said it but uh, this is episode 101 and this game in the United States was released alongside the NES 101 so oh if you go back if you go back this is very much like a fast and furious thing if you go back to episode 26 <laughs> you'll hear me talking about Mega Man and then it all led to this. There it is. So this is the last episode of Back of My Play, is what I'm trying it's to like say. It's like you planned it this way. It is. That is exactly the case. But uh, for those of you that know this show, you know that we're going to be talking about the history of of this game. So what we'll do is we will take a quick break, and then we're going to be right back and talk about the very fascinating history of Mega Man 6. So stick around. Here's just some more music from this underrated soundtrack of Mega Man 6. We'll be right back. the history of Mega Man 6. So we we mentioned it was the final game in the series to come out on the NES in terms of the numbered games. And this was a super late release. Like even in Japan, (laughs) it was coming out November 1993. That's 10 years after the Famicom released in Japan. That's insane. It is it's a it's a series with legs, if nothing else. Right, that's like that's like the uh, I forget who it was. It was um, you know whatever his name from from Sony about the Kaz who said PlayStation Three ten uh, years Famicom did it. Yeah, 
and like yes indeed and had Mega Man games coming out 10 years after its release <laughs> as well uh, but but not too far after that release November 93 it actually also came out March 1994 in the states that's like almost three yeah. years after the Super Nintendo was out, <laughs> not even talking about the Sega Genesis, which was five years prior. So yeah. like they're just still putting games out on this console, and that's what you do when you sell 80 million units. You still you know, have a market, even if you know those rich kids moved on to the 16-bit platforms. <laughs> so It's true. So like this, this release is weird because it uh, first did not come out in Europe at all. Uh, yeah. Nintendo did not release it out there and obviously Capcom didn't really have a reason to do it either but in the States you might not know this but Nintendo actually published Mega Man 6 in the States and they did it as part of this kind of relaunch when they brought out the NES top loader that NES 101 model in the States they did it along with not only Mega Man 6 but also that hot puzzle game, Mario's Woods. Oh, man. And, Mario's Woods. Yeah, which that was one of those games that I always remembered seeing on clearance because it was just a million <laughs> copies of that game. And everyone's favorite sequel, Star Tropics 2, uh, Zoda's Revenge. So yeah. Yeah. you could continue to be playing sweet, hot NES titles on your new $49.99 NES, which supported the latest technology like RF Out. <laughs> and nothing well, you else. gotta you gotta you know when you're dropping the price down to 50 sure. bucks you gotta cut a couple corners and if some of those corners are av jacks eh, some of those corners end up being av jacks that's that's true because i i did i couldn't find an exact number on this but it looked like when they released the av famicom which was the you know that has the same design as what we got with the top loader in the states but in japan they actually released it with an av out very much like what you would have found on the back of your super nintendo and your, your nintendo 64 and that released for about a hundred dollars so they clearly yeah. uh, like you suggested did it to just, you know, those poor people don't have, you know, RCA inputs anyways. They just exactly. need RF. They're not going to notice the difference because, yeah. you know, they probably can't even afford to go to the optometrist <laughs> either. I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, that was maybe this is the America we live in now. I think I'm just getting it, you know, through yeah. osmosis. But I, I don't know. I think it was, it was really cool that, like, Nintendo America, like, still saw either a, a really good reason to bring out Mega oh, Man yeah. 6 in the States. And it... You know, it seemed to do all right, but maybe I'm jumping ahead of myself. A lot of the uh, feedback that I got when I said I was going to do this episode was, yeah, I saw that and I picked it up when it was on clearance for like 10 bucks. Yeah. Because I guess people were not buying NES games, except Phil was. I know Phil was. I, I, <laughs> it was, it was very funny because, you know, me and my, my group of friends, uh, when, when this came out, uh, I, yeah, I was a, big Mega Man junkie even back in the day. So you're wearing I was your there. Met helmet at all times. I, I always. Always. My little uh uh paper mache mega buster that mm-hmm. I had with me at all times. And uh I was there day one for Mega Man six and my friends thought I was insane because they're all spending their hard earned money on on Super NES games at this point. 
Well, let's talk about this uh, more in the the next segment. This is my yeah, fault yeah. as doing being a, a bad host and jumping all over the place. But uh, I'm actually really excited to to talk more about yeah, this. So yeah. th- this game had a really interesting development as well because they literally made this game. It was in development at the same time as Mega Man X on the Super Nintendo. So they're making the <sighs> like the new. Uh, the new Mega Man game that was going to be like revitalizing the series because clearly I'm, I'm I don't have sales numbers in front of me but I'm sure the numbers kind of dropped off from two three to four to five and then of course to six but right the when they were putting this together again like they were doing one final last blast and like I think Inafune when I was doing uh, looking up some stuff on this. Like part of the reason they wanted to do it is like yeah like no series gets to six on any console like. <laughs> he's kind of right can you think of any game that did six mainline titles in one on a single console yeah like gears did four but even yeah that that uh that extra game was kind of a side story i can't even think yeah. of anything that did five no i can't either okay so i was guess it, he was did, right did, 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 did tomb raider didn't get to five did it at any point no, I think got to three on the PS1 stuff, then four would have been on was for Dreamcast. A PS- oh, that's right. It was like Dark Angel or something like that. Or maybe that was right. a TV show. Um, maybe it was both. <laughs> maybe it was both. It was a James, Cam- James Cameron joint. But the... I don't know. I, I think that it's just like insane. Like it's kind of something that you wouldn't necessarily see today aside from like them making the Madden game on PS3 and on ps4 but they made two completely separate uh games but at this point you know you kind of have a template and they even oh, yeah. admitted to this and the the developments like yeah like the consumer for megman games has a certain level of expectation so we just need to really meet that and they will mostly be happy which i guess we will find out from one of the diehards in the the next <laughs> segment the the game like Rockman 5, which, of course, the, you know, Rockman in Japan, for Rockman 5, they actually did a Famitsu thing where they said, hey, like, please let us know what you want the, like, or suggest names for the bosses for this game and designs for these bosses, and then we will program them. We'll we'll make them and put them into the game as part of a contest in a magazine. Yeah. They did the same thing for Mega Man 6, but it was primarily focused on Nintendo Power here in the States. They ended up getting... Uh, over 200,000 submissions for <laughs> 200,000 submissions for for boss designs and names uh yet we still wound up with people like Windman after we've had Aaron <laughs> in, in the past <laughs> and, and and Blizzard man you know such inventive of course uh and such inventive names as as those but uh you know what it it still worked out quite well and the game ended up coming out And it got best game of, uh, I guess it would have been best game of 94 in Nintendo Power. So it was still pretty well received. And Best best game or just best 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 NES game? I apologize. Thank you for the correction. Yeah, it was best NES game uh, out of Nintendo Power. And again, Nintendo Power were harsh as hell on those scores. They gave it a 3.65 through that you know, weird mm. math that they used to always right. do out of, right. <laughs> out of five. And uh, like it was one of the rare harsh Famitsu scores, 23 out of 40 in Famitsu. Oh, wow. Uh, and even EGM was kind of harsh, 6.8 on that EGM scale. So Man. Uh, GamePro, though, loved it 
four and a half stars out of five. Oh, so. well, there you go. Yeah, GamePro knew knew what good games still were. Um, I don't know, like I'm, I'm guessing, like at that point, a lot of those magazines and a lot of those people that you, you're kidding. I have to review an NES game this month. Are you right? Are we really doing this? I want to be playing, you know, Final Fight Two or something like that, or give me Mega Man <laughs> X that is coming out like a month after this game. Yeah, but no. Yeah. That guy got the APIC game, and that's why I gave it a bad score. At least that's <laughs> that's my prediction. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's you know we could go a little bit more into the the development stuff, but usually this is what people like us to to rush through. I just want to mention the composer real quick. Um, the the composer for this game was uh, Yuku Takahara, and uh, she did like an incredible amount of awesome soundtracks. Like first. The whole arrangement and composition for all of Mega Man X did a track in Mega Man, excuse me, for Mega Man 6, did a track in Mega Man X, did a uh, couple tracks in the arcade version of Street Fighter Alpha. Um, oh, jeez. Did uh, a bunch of tracks in the Mega Man 2, the Power Fighters, if you remember the Mega Man 2 fighting I, game. I do. Uh, great CPS2 board. Uh, also, like the whole soundtrack for X Men versus Street Fighter, which is an awesome soundtrack super wow. good soundtrack um and kind of throughout that series marvel uh superheroes versus street fighter marvel versus capcom clash of the superheroes uh jojo's bizarre uh jojo's venture i think it's isn't B- bizarre adventure maybe those are two B- bizarre games. bizarre adventure yeah okay yeah i think there's a typo on this page but um you know, you know doing a bunch of fantastic soundtracks and even if you remember nintendo worked with capcom on some portable Zelda games, including oh, yeah. uh, the co-production of the Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventure. Um, mm. So she did a bunch of tracks on that as well. And then if you remember, uh, when they did Mega Man 9 and 10, they brought back a lot of those old composers. And it's like, hey, like let's get everyone to do a track for one of these games. Um, so that track was for Mega Man 10, uh, Polluted Pump, uh, was the track on Pump Man Stage, which I'm going to have to find a way to do this, Phil, but I'm thinking yeah. that at some point, like, we're just going to have to go through 7, 8, and 9, and 10. That would be awesome. Yeah, I think we should do that because Sneak Peek, I played a little bit of 7 today for the first time and since, like, high school. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, you know, uh, 7 gets a lot of uh, kind of negative response, but, uh, you know, I haven't played it in a while, so... Going from six to seven, it is yeah. it is literally like the PlayStation Two or Xbox to Xbox three sixty jump in graphics and sound. Oh, yeah. And but still like maintaining that really tight gameplay and you know, really interesting boss designs. But again, getting ahead of myself, which I tend to do with these shows, <laughs> we will do that at at some point. And then, you know, Greg has already said since it's the one thing that not one of the one things, it's it's one of the one of the small handful of things that is really great on the Sega Saturn. So it's like, fine, when you guys do Mega Man 8, you have to do the Saturn version. Oh, yeah. He and is I, definitely correct on that. Yeah, and I, and I understand. And we'll get him on here for, for all that stuff. So um, I do want to just say quickly that there was some... There, there was some stuff in the reception of this game where... You know, as we do these days, we go back and retro games are a thing. And uh, you know, Christian Nutt was was one of the people that actually looked back on Mega Man Six for for GameSpot when they were doing a uh, a feature on the Mega Man series. And uh, Christian said this was the 
seen as the redundant game in the series and has the cheesiest, uh, and it's the cheesiest amongst the titles uh, mm. because if you're, quote, looking for Mega Laughs, you'll want to try this one out. Um, I didn't know you went to Mega Man games for story, but yeah, I guess so. No, I, uh, no, I, I did not go to Mega Man games for the story. Although, would you, <laughs> would you, you're not waiting for the, the, the gritty, dark reboot of Mega Man 1 where someone like like guns down <laughs> Mega Man in the street and he's actually Robocop? Oh, see there. Now, now maybe I, I would start going for the story. Because, yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> if Inafune gets in front of a, a camera, would you kickstart that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to kickstart anything... Uh, I'm still waiting for my mighty number nine. <laughs> well, I'm, so I'm sure, just saying. Yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll as soon as that's in the mail, then we'll we'll get him back in front yeah. of the camera for for one more yeah. one more Kickstarter because <laughs> it was so successful. All right. Um well we're gonna focus on the great Inafune games and uh what yes. we'll do right now is we'll we'll take a break. We'll be right back with our histories and memories of Mega Man Six, but also I think it would be cool to brush over the memories of the end of life. Or the sunsetting mm. of the Nintendo Entertainment System <laughs> <laughs> and the final games that came out for it. So we'll do that as well. When we get back, stick around. Here's some more fantastic music from Mega Man 6. to 1994 you know we are just turning a blind eye to those beautiful 16-bit graphics closing <laughs> the game pro magazine that already has like sega saturn games like really oh, at this point like sega saturn stuff is starting to come out playstation what maybe that was still the nintendo playstation but they were talking about disc based home console games from the big uh game system makers at the time nintendo and sega and then that Sony person ended up showing up, but like again, I I, I would love to kind of hear like where your head was at in this time, Phil, because like not only were there still games coming out in the NES, you you did have access to 16-bit games, and like this is when a lot of NES stuff was going on clearance. Like this is when it was kind of the best time, maybe ever, to be buying yeah. NES stuff because you could still get it in box and all that. So is this, were you like collecting at this time? And, and, you know, again, your, your history with Mega Man six. Yeah. Well, you know, um, yeah, I, I have a pretty sizable NES collection, which admittedly I've, I've begun sort of selling off a bit, but, um, yeah, at this point I wasn't collecting NES games. I, I was still just, uh, uh, playing them, uh, 
you know, for, for just pure enjoyment. Mm. And at, uh, at this time, you know, I, I did have a Sega Genesis. I did have a super Nintendo. I was playing, you know, all the, all the, 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 awesome super nintendo games that were out at the time i mean the hottest hottest games on the market yeah i mean at this point you had what uh you know link to the past was out uh super mario world of course like donkey um, kong country was around the corner yeah uh, i believe super metroid was right around the corner you had contra 3 you had the turtles 4 you know all these uh outstanding 16-bit games but i would still just because uh I guess I wasn't uh, uh, you know, overly dependent on on graphics back in the day. Mm-hmm. I would still, I would still get into, uh, you know, if there was an NES game, like you said, they they were supporting that thing <laughs> right up until, you know, the last possible moment. I had to check this and, because I couldn't be right. Yeah, Donkey Kong Country came out. In 1994, the same year as yeah. <laughs> Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Holy yes, crap. Oh, that's, that's insane. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember, and, and at the time, I was working at a Babbage's. That's right. Uh, which is, of course, uh, uh, GameStop uh, these days. And we had a, a small wall section of NES games still. Uh, obviously, most of our our uh, wall space was devoted to the 16-bit systems. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, when when the odd 8-bit game came out that I was interested in, I would pick it up. And, and you know, like I was saying a little earlier in the show, I remember my friends would give me kind of weird looks and, and kind of laugh at me a bit. You know, oh, why are you buying Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 for NES when when there's, like, the awesome... Super NES one that you could be playing. You could or, bring the arcade home in Turtles in Time, like literally yeah. with that awesome Mode Seven throwing guys at the screen. Exactly. And uh, and then yeah, like well, even uh, I mean, Mega Man Five came out in '92. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about that, and that was a, a nice late release. But I was such a Mega Man junkie at that that time. Um, Kirby's Adventure, another uh, late release. And then, yeah, I mean, Mega Man 6 was ridiculously late, you know, well into the 16-bit systems lives. But even so, I just looked at it and I was like, okay, this is another numbered Mega Man game. And, yeah, we're getting Mega Man X on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, it came out months before Mega Man yeah. 6. Mega Man X yeah. was already out. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> Mega, Man, Mega Man X was awesome and I loved it. But, you know, in my head... When I think, yeah, and it's kind of the same philosophy that gives us uh, games like Mega Man Nine and Ten, mm-hmm. where when you think of Mega Man, when you hear the name Mega Man, what pops into your head? Is it that sixteen-bit Mega Man X sprite, or is it that eight-bit Mega Man sprite? No, and I, I hate the aesthetic of—I shouldn't say hate. Hate's a strong word, but I really don't like the aesthetics of the Mega Man X games. Like I. I think that's why I was really surprised when I was I, I booted up Mega Man Seven today. I thought it was going to be kind of somewhat similar, oh, but I was right. really welcomed to see that. Oh no, it's just kind of like a Mega Man game, but with better graphics. Like yeah, this, just the bright and cartoony. Yeah, it looks like you know anime. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that kind of like sort of Astro Boy aesthetic. 
mm-hmm. that uh, that the uh, original Mega Man series always kind of strived for. So yeah, when there was a Mega Man Six, even though the NES was was in terms of uh, my friends and I long dead. Uh, in terms of me and my friends, mm. in terms of myself and my friends, yes, I believe that's grammatically correct. Long dead, I uh, I was still there. Like I said, day one, I was buying Mega Man Six, and I did not care who uh, who thought I was uh, off my gourd for for dropping whatever it was, like forty bucks or whatever on it. Well, I, I think if you look at some of those games that came out towards towards the end, like you you mentioned, uh, the Manhattan Project, like that that game mm-hmm. is like it's fun, like it's still oh, yeah. like it's eight bit, but it is still uh, a blast and maybe has like it's a top ten soundtrack on the the console as well, I believe. Yeah, it's 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 a good game. We got to do that and one too. That would be fun to do. I haven't sat down and played through that one in a while. It's it's actually not too bad to play through single player if you're you know out there and you want to go oh, yeah. in and, and sit down and, and do it and you know you don't have a friend that necessarily wants to be playing NES games <laughs> with you, um, but maybe they do because everyone wants the NES Classic still. Yeah, exactly. Go, go boot up that game and actually maybe just put it on your NES Classic Edition. There you go. I I have it on mine. So good call. Were you able yeah. to find a second controller yet? No. no. Okay. Yeah, me neither. Um, <laughs> no. I mean, also just talking about late games, you talked about, uh, you know, Kirby's Adventure. They were bringing out a lot of licensed stuff at the time, like Tiny Toons Adventures uh, 2. Jurassic Park had a uh, port that came to the NES. God, I remember oh, some yeah. of these. Robocop 3. Um, yep. The the later uh, Disney stuff, Chippendales Rescue Rangers 2. It's one of the reasons why that's practically impossible to find. DuckTales 2, both in 93. Yep. And... Yep. Uh, even you know in Japan, uh, getting stuff in Japan and in Europe with with Mister Gimmick uh, coming out in '93. Oh uh, yeah, as well. So yeah, like lots of really fantastic late uh, NES games that you know. Hopefully, uh, we'll continue to do more of these on the show just because they're worth going back and and checking out. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like outside of. Outside of that, like when I was, I obviously moved to the Super Nintendo as soon as humanly possible because I was, whatever, I was six. So of course I just want like <laughs> the best looking thing. And I ended up having my first bout of like retro collecting and nostalgia when it was just kind of a slow time on the Super Nintendo and my parents got divorced and like the NES was lost for for months and then eventually I stumbled nope. upon a box in my dad's basement and it wasn't porn it was actually an NES <laughs> and it was all of our our NES games and I was like oh I really miss this like I haven't played this for a year which in my lifespan at that time I was 8 so a year is most of my life so right. I needed to you know pop that thing open and and play it and this would have been again this would have been 93 so in the next year a lot of stuff ended up you know, showing like KB toys. I don't know if this was all over the place, but KB toys used to have mm-hmm. this little like, like wire frame, uh, like section that was kind of in the middle of the store that was just like rows and rows of boxed NES games and boxed Genesis games that were on sale or on clearance or under 20 bucks. And like, I ended up finding a lot of really 
like weird ass games like ultimate stuntman i picked up for like four dollars like brand new wow and that was like a really it was one of those gold uh was it it must have been unlicensed right yeah i believe that was uh chimerica if yeah, I that remember sounds right. Correctly. Oh God, Comerica. Yeah, we had B fifty twos as well. <laughs> oh jeez, uh, it's not very good to go back to. Uh, but yeah, that, that's why I ended up picking like uh, picking up stuff like like that and um, a uh, game genie as well because the game genies were on sale and that was unlocked the NES and a lot of the games that I previously could could not beat. But I don't know. I just again, it's like one of those scenarios where you just wish. If you had a time machine, it was like it would be one of those places I'd oh, go back yeah. to. It's like scrounge up as much money I could find that was printed <laughs> in like '91. Like Doc Brown had that briefcase, and yeah. go back and just walk into a KB Toys, and not even to like resell in 2017, but just to you know be able to have like a brand new copy of Shatterhand or a copy of yeah. you know Ducktales too. Like that would yeah, be cool. Seriously, it would be. Um. And it is just, uh, yeah, it was just a really cool time, and it's it's just something I don't think that we'll ever see replicated with discs. Oh no, no, definitely you know, not. It's a bummer. Um, yeah, well, we'll get to work on time machines and stuff. Um, I don't know. Is there, <laughs> there, like for for me, when I ended up playing Mega Man Six, it was Nesticle. It was totally Nesticle in oh, middle really? school. Yeah, it was. It was in our quote-unquote computer programming class which was basically playing computers while the doctor or not the doctor the the teacher was you know up on the board like teaching us if this then that like type stuff and in c plus plus and not paying attention but instead using our like we had and this was a little bit of a scandal at manchester high school but we had like i think i can't remember if it was me or someone else brought in like a a burnt CD with a bunch of ROMs and emulators on it and put it on like my shared folder that like you could log into on any folder on the school. And then it ended up getting spread throughout the school. And then (laughs) teachers found out about it and they're like, where did these games come from? Because clearly they did not come from like something we were doing in school. And then it got backtracked to me, which didn't do anything. It's not like they they didn't call the cops. They just deleted all that stuff. Um, Right. But yeah, that's why I played Mega Man 6. And like I talked on the stream yesterday when I was playing through the game, like you just don't appreciate these games when they're being played, you know, and you have a list of 600 other games that you could be playing uh, at a time. But I'm I'm very happy to have gone back and given this game and all the other Mega Man games on the NES the, the respect and the time that they deserve. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um. Okay, maybe we should take one more break and then we'll come back and we'll just get right into how this game holds up almost, what, 23 years later. Yeah. All right, stick around. We'll be right back.
the way back to 2017, and there has never been a better time to be playing Mega Man games because there have been so many collections. You can pick up an EverDrive, you can fly to Tokyo and pick up a Famicom cart, uh, or you can probably, this is maybe the best option right now, is just pick up a copy of the Mega Man Legacy Collection. They seem to have patched that up to get it uh, working optimally, so if you have an Xbox 360, excuse me, not an Xbox 360, a, a PC, an Xbox One, a PlayStation 4, or a Nintendo 3DS, you can have access to these fantastic Mega Man games that were featured on the the NES. Um, Phil, how, what, what is your preferred choice to play? Did you like want to pop in a card, or is it just, you know, Legacy Collection kind of gets it done these days? Yeah, I mean, Legacy Collection is kind of the easiest way to do it. Uh, these days just because it is available on so many systems it's right there on steam mm-hmm. uh, I have it I have it on my uh, 3ds um, <laughs> next to the virtual console release <laughs> because I'm an idiot that way but uh, no you're support yeah. you're supporting Capcom you're telling Capcom you believe in this series with That's your, true. your money. and you, you know what uh, to be fair the uh, legacy collection uh, is nicer looks nicer than the virtual console releases anyway so and far cheaper 20 bucks for oh, yeah. six games versus 30 yeah. for the virtual console releases yeah and it's on sale uh semi-regularly too so mm-hmm. you know if you don't mind waiting a little bit you can generally get it for like 15 or even 10 bucks yeah which hats is off. A, a crazy steal Totally. Hats off to, to Capcom for regularly doing the 3DS uh, sales far more than Nintendo even. Well, oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's Nintendo. They don't discount their games. I always forget that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even today, if you want to jump on Amazon.com, like you can pick up the Legacy Collection for $13 on Xbox One, oh. on PlayStation 4, or on 3DS. So you can... Jeez. Like that's an insane deal uh for this a really good deal for the for the physical releases of those yes that's outstanding it is outstanding so go pick up a copy yeah for sure or uh, you know like you uh, alluded to earlier uh a hacked uh nes classic yeah i i really need to do that maybe i just i i think i tried doing that once on my nes and then i ran into some issues but maybe they've made it a little bit easier since all that stuff came out yeah, it's uh, it's it's super easy to do these days. So as long as you own the cart, like only do it on games that you own. Like the cart needs to be next to like what is it like the six feet rule it has to be within six feet of the console, otherwise it's piracy. The way I do it is I take my NES carts and I rub them on top of the NES Classic mm-hmm. just to get a little bit of the the molecules. You right. know, just at an atomic level, there's a transference. It's like a, like almost like an NFC or the, like the thing they do with the cards of the hotels, <laughs> where you got to put the card up against the door near the handle, and then oh, it unlocks man. Mega Man for you. Near field communication, uh, mm-hmm. retro NES carts. Could you imagine that? You have a little. A little NES system, and you just uh, they sell the carts separately, and you just tap them onto the <laughs> system to, and the game loads up. Or a pack of twelve cards where you can just swipe through all twelve cards, oh, and then boy. you can play an NES game. Um, you know that was something that I think I talked to um, Chris Kohler about when I was interviewing him about the re-release of his his book. And I don't know, like again, I think this is somewhat wishful thinking, but when you look at vinyl. And you look yeah. at even limited run games, like I I bet you could I bet if like tomorrow Capcom announced that they were gonna make 
50,000 copies of Mega Man 2 like in a cart that will actually yeah. work in an NES and they made the deal with Nintendo, I guarantee they would sell 50,000 copies of that thing. It would probably sell out. Yeah, you're for, right. For like, I don't know, 30 bucks. That that seems pretty reasonable. And that's, yeah. you know, do that for each game. And that's a little bit of extra cash. And also it continues to, you know, keep the brand front of mind or some other gross yeah. marketing term. Well, you look at the, uh, what is it, limited run games? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, they're, they're doing great work over there. But let's, you know, let's let's be honest. How many of those games, if they weren't being sold as a, this is a very limited run mm-hmm. type of a scenario, if you were to release those in stores, how many of those would sell? I, the number, you know, I mean. I agree. I, I yeah. totally agree. Um not to say that they're bad games that they're releasing. It's just they're they're games with very limited appeal. Yeah, we, you know, it's, it, it is part of the appeal to be like, all right, well, you know, I can have this physical version. It is the you know Ethan thing of like wanting to have every game that comes out on this console forever. Exactly. Which so I yeah, understand. I think you're totally right. If they were to somehow strike a deal where they could print up a, a new run of NES cartridges, they would sell out in a heartbeat. And it's uh, Jalico is actually putting or someone who now owns the Jalico name is bringing back their games on carts on the NES, on the Game oh. Boy, and the Super Nintendo. That's right. I remember hearing about that. So they're making um, their own multi carts at twenty bucks uh, a piece. So maybe that will be. And again, like if you look at like oh god, the NES game lineup is not super good, but like even on the Super Nintendo, like. There's some decent games on there, like Super Bases Loaded, Super Earth Defense Force. So you can get the Ignition Factor, which is a weird firefighting game, and um, Rival Turf, which I'm sure is probably just a mediocre beat 'em up. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, the Super Super Retro. Yes, that's I. I'm just uh, looking those up now. And yeah, when is that? Are those still happening? Yeah, I, I would, and that's what I would love to see is. You know, not even like for if Capcom said, hey, for 40 bucks, we're going to give you a cart that's all six Mega Man games on the NES. Like, totally. Like what they're doing with the afternoon collection. Yeah. Release that on a friggin NES cart for $40 deal. Yeah, for sure. Like I could totally see a market that opens up where people are just like all of us crazy people that now have money that grew up with this stuff that want to, <laughs> I mean, they're doing it with reprints of, of vinyl. Like, like they're selling, yeah. you know, tens of thousands of copies of vinyl records that like are good and you could get them for on the CD for a fourth the price, but people want, they want what they remember. They want it in their hands. Like it is a different thing than just getting like, you know, a download. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but hey, Mega Man 6. So, yes. um, <laughs> anyways, Mega Man 6. Yeah. So, um, I, I played this on my AV Famicom via RGB. So, I did my, my snooty uh, setup oh, where I go nice. through a frame meister and it's all upscaled and there's scan lines on a 4K monitor. So, it's, <laughs> it's just kind of the, 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 the weirdest way that you could probably play this game in 2017 and the, the most hurdles that, and maybe the most expensive way you could play this game, uh, in 20, 17 but i i don't know like you and i have talked a lot about this this game and i've wanted to do it for for a long time because 
Like I really enjoyed Mega Man Five. Like you can probably go back and listen. Like I think Mega Man Five is an outstanding game. With I, I don't know if it, if it's an exposure thing, but I still think like maybe Five has the best soundtrack of the series. You don't have to agree with me. I just wanted to say I'm, that and just have there be dead air for a second. <laughs> I'm not going to agree with. I mean, I'm not going to say it's a bad soundtrack because it's it's a great soundtrack. It's a it great is. Sound. But man, you got to work hard to beat uh, Mega Man 2 soundtrack. I'm sorry. You're you're, you're uh, yeah. It is it is fantastic. But it's just I've heard it so so much and just having the right. five is fresh and even six is is fresh in in my mind. But I, I it always just bugs me with how much like four five and six get absolutely destroyed when there's any kind of discussion about oh, yeah. the it's series. True. It is true. It's just unfair. It is. It is, is definitely unfair. Um, the, these games get a lot of, uh, a lot of negative, uh, talk thrown their way for no reason. Well, for no you, reason. Well, how do you, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of jump all over the place. I don't think I'm going to go level by level with, Mega Man Six, but I, I again I think one of the things I do appreciate is the familiarity. Like it is, you know, looks exactly like two, three, and even like one. Aside from the like the score and stuff like that, uh, mm-hmm. they did add on a couple special things like the uh, rush adapters, which yes, I think are super cool. Like the air jet and the um, the power adapter yep. that allows you to blast through boulders or push boulders are really square blocks out of the <laughs> out of the way. I think that was a really a, a nice addition. It's a nice twist that you get just from beating stages and you don't have to necessarily search out, you know, special weapons that are hidden in in areas of the stages like in Mega Man 4. Yeah, it's uh yeah, you know, they, they you know, they tried to well did 5 really did 5 add anything kind of goofy to it i don't think so i mean i remember four having the secret areas that you would have to you know find like you'd have to jump super far or use like a you know something that you got in a previous stage to reach an area that was previously hidden to pick up the uh, additional uh weapons right yeah because the um yeah because this continues the having the kind of secret areas in order to collect the the beat exactly uh, markers but uh, yeah, I, I really liked the the power armor. It was a you know they they had to have rush in the game as they do, and you know, this was uh, I think the only game up to this point that that did not have the standard rush uh, uh, adapters like the, mm-hmm. the the spring jump or the, the little rush jet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Instead, giving you the the little flight suit or the little uh, power suit. And you get a cool and like you get an awesome yeah. animation. Yeah. Like it is almost yeah. like the you know Power Rangers Zord yeah. coming together every <laughs> single time. Like and it, and it, and it is maybe at some times I'm like like just hammering through to get through this because there's going to be certain levels where you're going to need to switch between all this stuff. But right, I don't know. I thought that was like really like that was just super cool. I, maybe it's just got Power Rangers on my mind with the, the new movie and all that stuff. Uh, yes, of course. But yeah, have the little transformation sequence. Yeah, with and, the show and Rush uh, turn into the suit. Yeah, and I, I I should mention I did use the Nintendo Power Sanction from the Top Secret section boss order for Mega Man Six mm. because nice. 
there seems to be a lot of disagreement with what the boss, the correct boss order should be from all these Mega Man game facts uh, guides and wikias for uh, like Rockman wikias and all that stuff. Um, And maybe that's just because they really made it a like, would this be the right word? Like a more balanced game in terms of the bosses because you don't even if you have what would be that boss's weakness as your weapon like there are a lot of times where you're not just destroying them in in four or five hits there still needs to be a decent amount of strategy going on yeah for sure you do need to uh you know learn the patterns even if you have their the the proper weapon you need to be able to master the patterns Mm mm-hmm it's not just quickly get in there and fire off two or three shots and boom, you're done. Yeah, I, I, that's still one of my favorite things about this series. And it was something that was evident in, as I was playing 7 today was that – God, Siri, shut up. Um, <laughs> somehow I turned on my phone. Um, but you know, I, I, I just love that this the simple – uh, way that you're going to go after these bosses, even if you don't have the weapon that is right for them, like it's just holding down charge, it's jumping, it's dashing underneath them, it's figuring out that pattern, and it is still like I haven't played the Dark Souls games, I haven't played those those type of games, but I'm guessing like that is the satisfaction that those players are getting from it on a much higher level of just learning the patterns of mm. the boss. And when you figure that out, when you figure out the right time to jump, when you can see right before they're going to like you know, fire their weapon or when they're going to jump or when they're going to uh, like dive at you. Like that is why I love these games so much, maybe more than oh, anything. Yeah. No, I can, I can totally understand that. That is the, the appeal is, is just being able to, to predict what's going to happen and be right there with the counter. And in Christian, I'm sorry, we haven't talked about the, the story yet. So we'll, we'll get to the story at, <laughs> uh, at yes. some point because there's some, some crazy twists in this game. Um, it's, it's a pretty deep <laughs> plot. Yes. So I, you know, again, we're not going to necessarily go through level through level, but you mentioned the music. I think the music is, is still, you know, top tier in this game with the, the, the best tracks in it being uh flame man and Nightman. just having like really awesome, like sick drops. Like I'm such a sucker for sick <laughs> drops in those tracks and like, just like a slow build as you get going to the stage and like an awesome drop as it r- really picks up. But like even Windman and, and blizzard man, like have, have really good tracks. Like it is, it is probably yeah. why I always get bummed out when people are like, yeah, no, it's just two or three. It's only, it can only be two or three. Right. Like, maybe there is some wiggle room. Yeah, no. Um, and Windman was, as I was, replaying this game Windman man was the stage yeah. that really stuck out as at, to me for having like a, a really good track to it uh the the i don't know how much we need to go through stage by stage i get a couple of things that I, that i have written down and we can we can jump over the place a, a little bit here but um you know we're seeing a lot of returning enemies of course we're gonna have mets we're gonna have enemies that are gonna uh like those big giant enemies that will be stationary but you know they'll be by themselves in a specific uh screen and you're gonna have to shoot at the the glowy part or usually their eyes and all that stuff um, right but there were some interesting platforming uh mechanics in here too like those platforms that would you know flip over from the left side to the right yeah. side as you jumped on them yep yep uh yeah, another one that's that stuck out to me were the uh oh gosh what stage is it flame man stage maybe one of the stages had the uh they were enemies 
actually. Little, like, kind of spiked enemies, and when you shot them... That was Flame Man, yep. Yeah, they flip over and become... Uh, they they turn into little inflatable uh, platforms that you can jump on. Yeah, I banged my head against that for a little bit because I'm like, I cannot kill this guy, and I clearly cannot <laughs> jump in this spot. So what am I supposed to be doing here? But yeah, Charge Shot uh, is so powerful. It knocks him back and flips him over into... Uh, platform that you then need to jump on multiple times to get it to move uh, yes. to the side. Yeah, uh, yeah. The flame, the flame uh, man stage is actually pretty cool because they're also like just interesting things going on. Like there's uh, flying enemies that are dropping flames that will then ignite the, I guess, like gas or the oil that is. Yeah, like the oil fields. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to run through this stuff uh, through my notes, but. There's also like the standard stuff that you would see in a Mega Man uh, game. Like you're gonna have your levels that are really slippery. Of course, guess what? Blizzard Man stage. Um, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have uh, tons of E tanks and you know plenty plethora of E tanks in this game. Oh yeah. Um, with Blizzard Man being the best level to farm. If you need a farm, you can do the same thing like in previous games where you can get a couple E tanks kill yourself through spikes, continue, then just get a couple more E-tanks and then eventually leave the the stage. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else specific. Oh, yeah, there was in Nightman stage, There, this there's like these little donut-looking th- things, like wheel-looking things that pop up a couple times. Sometimes they're actually conveyor belts, like they're moving you uh, constantly oh, right, right. In, in different directions. But in Nightman stage, they're actually like super bouncy, so they're they're messing yeah. with you on that stuff as well. Yes. Um, and I want to make sure I have the level right, but there is one stage. It would have been a water stage. Uh, here it is. It's Centaur Man, where the water is upside down, so it's actually coming from the ceiling. Oh, right. That's a really cool. That's really yes, cool mechanic where you have to like yes, it is like the water is coming up and down and you have to time your jump so you can stay as in the water as long as possible so you can have a super long jump so by the time that the water comes back to the ceiling you obviously just drop and you yep. can you need to be able to make it far enough. Yep. It's uh it's some some really clever uh traps and uh some some clever stage design. Speaking of that, I have one I have one thing about this game that I absolutely hate and I feel that is um, some artificial difficulty. I've never seen so many spikes in a Mega Man game. There's so many <laughs> cheap deaths uh, in in Mega Man 6. And again, like this, like I was streaming this and I just like had multiple almost controller throwing moments on this stuff because it is, it's not like the stages are, Okay, Mega Man is not known for its platforming. It is not. Um, in having levels be set up where, again, it's like in Centaur Man stage where you're dealing with water and you have to make like literally perfect presses of the jump button to make these jumps without hitting into the spikes above or below you. Yeah. And I needed to resort to what is my one of my old Mega Man tricks of letting an enemy get close enough to you so you can get hit by the enemy, take damage so you can just hit the spikes and not worry about it and then continue on. Yeah. Do you feel like that? Like, I don't know if that's something that stands <laughs> out to you, but I swear like in that and of course, when we get to the, 
the uh, Mr. X stages, it's the same deal. Like in all Mr. X stages, it's just mm-hmm. nothing but spikes. Like spikes are no. the like the real challenge. It's not the enemies that they're putting in front of you. Yeah, they did go a little nuts with the spikes this time around. I have spikes for sure. Spikes in all caps with an exclamation point <laughs> written down in front of me, um, including yeah, like in Mr. X stage one. I like. I really wrote down, yeah, spike platforms in two, more spike platforms in three, <laughs> spikes, and then dragon boss. Yep. And then guess what? Dr. Wily is back. Could you believe that? What? Did that did that shock you back? Spoiler in, alert. In, in, yeah, I know. But in 94, yeah. what, like, was that something that you had to kind of like stay away from the latest issues of video game magazine <laughs> so it didn't get spoiled for you? I think uh, just from watching the uh, intro movie, the little little animated intro to the game, it was pretty obvious when they show Mr. X. Oh, you mean you're saying there is similar features between the two? I, you know, they might look a bit like, uh, you know, Dr. Wiley wearing some funny glasses or something. Weird. Yeah, I would have never like that was (laughs) something that really shocked me because you know, you you get to those extra stages and you never, I guess I never really thought about it until I played through all these games where like, it's not just eight stages, right? It's not just eight stages and in, in eight bosses. It's actually right. those eight stages plus four stages with Dr. Riley with a, a mask on or someone that he yeah. <laughs> forced to help him or whoever it is. And then it's another, you know, two to three or two to four uh, Wiley stages before you get to do your boss rush and then do the the final battle, which I actually thought this was probably the easiest of the Wily battles. Yeah. That final that yeah. final one it was just kind of like dumping into him and I yeah. also had ninety tanks. Of course. So I was probably yeah, like okay. you said, this game is not shy about giving you E tanks. No, and I, I did I, I, my my strategy before going, and I always I forgot again because even in those stages after the the, the main eight, you always are given like an E tank or a one up at the start of almost every level. So yeah, they're, they're going to give you plenty of stuff. But before I even got to that, I, I just farmed seven E tanks before even going into the Mister X stages. So I just was constantly at max E tanks for the. The rest of the stages because I had to get the game done for today, folks. I had to do it. Um, <laughs> so where where does this uh, where does this rank for you in the the NES series, or how how would you rank the the six titles on the NES? Oh, oh, jeez. Starting from well, starting from uh, worst or best to worst. Well, my my favorite is always going to be Mega Man Two. Okay. I'm I'm one of those Mega Man 2 guys who just that's 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 kind of the the start and the end for me. Um Yeah, it's pretty good. By, game. It it is a great game. I love Mega Man 2. Uh Mega Man 3 follows it up. Um after the you know after that I I probably uh and this one's kind of a nostalgic favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily the the third best, but uh, the the first game will always have a special place in my heart. Totally, just because that's where it's you know that's the game that that got me into the series. So, and it's cool to go back and see the the roots. And I you know I am a music person. I still think you know some of the best music in the whole series is in Mega Man One. It really is that that Mega Man One soundtrack again. 
it's one of those cases where people, uh, you know, for as much as I love to, it's people get so hooked on on Mega Man 2, Mega Man 2, mm-hmm. they uh, kind of forget that, yeah, the first game had some really, really great tracks to it. Just hard as hell. Yeah, it it, it is that. It is that. Um, you know, I'd probably... So we got two, three, one so far. Two, three, one. I'd probably throw six in fourth okay. place. I'd probably throw six in fourth place. And then... Hmm... Uh, See these last couple ones, I don't know. It's kind of hard. Four and five, or you five and put, four. You cannot put four in front of five. No, no, you're right. Come on, like yeah, even five. just for the problems with the sound and the charge shot. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, four, four is the worst. Okay, I, four I, is the worst. I think that is what you just did is the correct list. I, I, oh, I really? actually agree with that list. Although I would probably put five in front of six. Um, I don't know. Okay. Again, I don't know what it is. I just think like I love the soundtrack of of five, and I I can't tell you any of the bosses in five or in four. Um, most of my memory of the bosses are of two because that was the one that we played. Like that was the one I rented over and over and over again. It was the one I always went back to, and as I think we've discussed this, the only version of three that I spent extensive time with when I was a kid was the DOS mm. version. Oh, jeez. Uh, which, hey, folks, stay away from the DOS <laughs> version of Meg. Like, I wouldn't even Google a picture or a video of it. It will hurt to look it's at not, that game. It's not good. It, no, it's, it's, not good. It's, it's not good. Um, but, you know, it's classic book orders. You're not gonna, um, I'd rather get that instead of a book. Um <laughs> Now, see, you know, uh, you you uh, kind of poo-poo the bosses from Mega Man 5. Mega Man 5 has some of my uh, favorite bosses in the series, actually. Well, I don't, not, uh, not even that I would poo-poo them. I had a blast playing the game. I just don't, like, remember them because I've really only played through five, like, twice. Oh, okay. See, because, like, what is it? Gravity Man uh, really oh, yeah. stands out to me. I love Gravity Man. I love his design. I like his gimmick, of course. Awesome, awesome stage, too. Yeah. And uh, Charge Man, the train. Oh yeah, the Choo Choo Man. Yeah, I just like I just like his design. You know, just because he is a he's a freaking train. train. <laughs> he's an anthropomorphic train. How do you not like that? And uh, Gyro Man, I really love Gyro Man as well. The helicopter did just because he has yeah. helicopter uh, skids for his feet, and he has the big uh, rotor on his back, and yeah, he's. Uh, kind of green and white. He's got kind of a cool uh, color scheme to him. So Wait, so I feel like this is like a Japanese superiority thing because we look at the <laughs> bosses that the the people in the West were able to yes. put together then versus the suggestions from the folks in Japan. It looks like the Japanese suggestions, submissions were clearly superior. Yeah, yeah. Because what did, what did the U.S. come up with? Uh, Tomahawk Man? Yeah, you know, really, really good, like, sensitive names like Tomahawk Man. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, the boss is that it's, it's totally not Air Man. It's Wind Man. Yeah, yeah. Come on. It's, it's, a, it's a whole new guy. <laughs> it's not Ice Man. It's Blizzard Man. Come on. Yeah. And, you know, it's not uh, Samurai Guy. It's Yamato Man. Centaur Man actually does look cool. That is one of the bosses that actually looks different because it looks like a centaur. 
Centaur Man is is awesome. I do like him. And you know what? People uh, people really uh, rag on Plant Man, but uh, I like Plant Man. <laughs> okay, yeah, but Plant Man stage is the worst because of the sp- oh, like yeah. springs in that stage. Like how I I died so many times because of the timing of the jump on the springs, and again, like needless platforming that you need to do. On oh man, that stage sucks. <laughs> I'm just talking boss design. That's I'm not talking stage uh, design there. Okay, yeah, I forgot. I'm looking at my notes right now. I wrote that down to springs and the grasshoppers look cool. Yeah, but again, plant man, nothing like woodman, especially with his plant shield. Nothing like the leaf oh, no, shield. No. no, well, when you first start plant man stage, it looks just like woodman stage. <laughs> yeah, it looks exactly like woodman stage. I I don't know. I just I hope. I hope those developers were not just like locked in a room and just did as like <laughs> whatever they could to get out of there as fast as possible by putting together uh. this game. Because um, I said, like, like you said, I think it's still super cool. I, I still think like the rush adapters are one of the coolest parts, and I am like I am really I feel energized. I am really looking forward to playing through seven. Like seven seems like a much more. Like I'm much more looking forward to going to that than to like going through Mega Man X. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. And then I'll and have I've, to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just because uh, I've 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 played Mega Man Seven fewer times than I've played Mega Man X as well. So it's one of those things where I'm kind of like, yeah, playing through uh, six again or seven again would be uh, actually quite a bit of fun. Well, maybe we will do that uh, next. But, you know, again, we're it is kind of juggling, you know, figuring out what what makes sense for for the scheduling and trying to make sure we don't do too much Nintendo stuff back to back to back because of of course, you know, even though the numbers have shown Nintendo episodes get downloaded almost like 30 percent more than Sega stuff. Yeah. Oh, Nintendo fans, you're awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we will we will kind of close the book for now. But yeah, I think if you are going to, you know, pick up Legacy Collection, you should absolutely go all the way through. Uh, even the whole series, even four, has a lot that is. It is still kind of cool. Like the introduction of the charge shot is interesting, and even though it might be a little bit overpowered. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think that is where we're going to leave it for this episode of Back in My Play. Uh, maybe what we'll do is we'll do a, another break and then we'll come back for a little bit of wrap up and we'll get you guys out of here and back to your video games. So stick around. We'll be right back. <laughs>
right, so as we wrap up the show, Phil, one of the things that I did want to ask you is, like, outside of these NES Mega Man games, we, of course, got 9 and 10 on the PlayStation 3 and on the Xbox 360, and I guess the Wii, too. They came out in the Wii. Oh, yeah. Yes, um, they did. So there, there is a little bit of a problem right now, though. There are plenty of folks out there that traded in their PlayStation 3s or their Wiis or their 360s, mm. and you cannot play these games on those consoles anymore. And to my knowledge, and I'll do this right now, is make sure that uh, Mega Man 9 is not backwards compatible on the Xbox 360, but I don't believe... It is. Do you, you see? Do you see Capcom bringing these back for for anyone? Oh man, I, I uh, given given Mega Man's status at Capcom, I mean, I'm I'm stunned they brought out the Legacy Collection. Quite frankly, given given how much uh, Capcom seems to be kind of ignoring Mega Man, but well, uh, well, they put so much effort into that first person Mega Man game that jeez, uh, oh, who's working? Was that Armature that was doing that? I, I think so. Yeah. Oh jeez, I I would love for them to bring uh, bring nine and ten back uh, for some, you know, like it'd be a great uh, fit for the Switch and and you know certainly for like PS4 and. An Xbox One, but I don't see it happening anytime soon. Yeah, I think this is this is it is it's a real shame because right now uh, those those two games I would love to play for the show, but I just I don't own those consoles right now, and I did end up uh, confirming uh, Mega Man Nine and Ten are backwards compatible on Xbox One, so maybe I'll just play them on oh, uh, Xbox One. Yeah, there are oh, part nice. of the backwards compatibility list, which continues to be arguably the best reason to own an Xbox one right now is <laughs> like not kidding the, the backwards compatibility uh, feature, but also like there, there still continues to be comparisons when new games get added to this list about how much better games run on the Xbox one backwards compatibility feature versus on the, uh, you know, original hardware with the Xbox 360. So nice. Yeah. Add it to, Added to your list, Phil, of reasons to eventually pick up an Xbox One. That and Crackdown Three. Are you really looking forward to that? Oh, yeah. You think they're going to do it? Like, are they going to pull that off? I, mm, I you hope have faith so. in them. I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm having faith in them because I want it to be great. Because I, I mean, Crackdown Two, you know, whatever. Oh, but God, uh, yeah, what a disappointment that was. But, but Crackdown One is so much fun. It's one of my favorite games of that generation. It's going to be if, ten years old uh, this know, year, right? Isn't that ridiculous? If not my favorite game of that generation, I loved, loved, loved the original Crackdown for sure. To climb in the top of that uh, police or that like police station thing and jumping yeah. off that into the water—that was one of the yes, best achievements indeed. of that uh, hardware. Yes, it was, and I, I earned it. So. Oh, those cars that used to like transform <laughs> based on your driving ability. Yes. Is this on backwards compatibility? Maybe I want to play some crackdown. I don't I, I wouldn't be I would imagine it is. It is not. What? It is not part of uh maybe it will be something that they I'm guessing if they're gonna do it, they, maybe they do it when they bring out three. Yeah, they're saving it. Or like E three, you know, pre order crackdown three, get crackdown mm. one on, you know, Xbox yeah. Live. Yeah, that seems likely. 
I yeah, this is that, probably the only reason I would actually turn on my Xbox One right now. Yeah. With a PS4 Pro, like there's just like what else is coming out exclusive to Xbox? Halo Wars yeah. Two. Yeah, really. <sighs> well, uh yeah. Yeah, not to leave it on uh, a downer, but now that you've also, you know, for people that have, and, and how could you not tune into the the Player One podcast? Um, what what have been your thoughts on the the Switch, and, and more importantly, on you know its its potential future as a, a console that is going to be able to play games from such fantastic publishers and developers like Nintendo and their back catalog, which is just insane. <laughs> It's you know what I I've been digging the switch. Uh, I have been playing Zelda on it primarily. I'm still way behind most people. That was a good game. Yeah. I beat that. Did, did you finish it already? Yep. See, I'm still like getting to the first of the 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 beasts or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. What, what what is what is the official name for them? The yeah, I believe they are the the beasts. Yeah. And then there are yeah. the uh, champions that are okay. controlling them. Okay. Yeah, so I'm still like working my way towards the first beast right now. So I've just been busy at work dealing with uh, that sort of thing. So I haven't been uh, – haven't had as much time. But I'm, I'm really digging Zelda. I am having uh, a blast. I was playing a little bit uh, of Shovel Knight uh, yesterday. Yes. And – and uh, you know, revisiting Shovel Knight because I played played Shovel Knight before, but it's it's one that's worth playing again. I'm playing Blaster Master Zero, which is outstanding. I really need to play that. Yeah, it's it's really good. I mean, it's I, I'm a Blaster Master junkie anyway. Can you hear how gullible I am? I obviously purchased that on the the Switch, and then I turned on my 3ds and i was surprised to see it on the eShop on 3ds and i figured it would have been crossed by but of course it's not of course not no they want no. another 10 bucks for me to play this on my 3ds yeah yeah i was yeah come on <laughs> guys yeah it's it's not uh it's a great game don't get me wrong but you know i don't know if i need it twice <laughs> no especially, you don't. <laughs> especially uh you know on the 3ds where it's going to look not as as good just well, uh I don't know. I, but, I, I sorry, go ahead. Oh oh no, I was just gonna say the, the switch is fantastic. I I love the portability of it. Uh I I have been playing a lot of it just kind of sitting on my couch, just mm-hmm. playing it handheld, lying on my couch uh, with my son. I have a five year old son who uh he'll curl up next to me on the couch and just sit and watch me play Shovel Knight or Blaster Master or Zelda. That is awesome. and, yeah, and he's he's really getting into all three games too. So it's just I mean we we could be doing it just as easily on the TV, but there's something about the you know lying there with the kid curled up next to you. Yeah, and you can bring it anywhere. Like you could bring it into the the office or whatever. You can, you know, bring it on, you know, a car ride and stuff. Well, I I did uh because I, like I said I'm such a big Blaster Master fan. I was so looking forward to Blaster Master Zero. I did bring it with me uh to my job on the day it released and and on my lunch break i i i purchased the game so i'd have it loaded up and ready to go when i got home so i'm i'm still i'm still conflicted with the the hardware a, a little bit but i'm i'm more conflicted with or maybe it's a good thing that there is just for me there's so little to plan it because i'm not someone that is 
uh, jazzed about even Mega Man, uh, Mega Man, uh, Mario Kart Eight because mm. I already played that. Um, right. I needed to to play it again. The the thing is, right now for me, it's it's all PlayStation all the time. With like we were talking before we started recording, Yakuza Zero is is my main line right now, and I still have Near sealed on mm, on geez. like literally sitting on top of my PS4, which I've heard nothing but incredible things. I literally bought the soundtrack, and I've been listening oh, wow. to the soundtrack. The soundtrack is insane. It's yeah. so good, like. And I haven't played the game yet. You know, like when I play that game, it's going to be just even better because then I'll have some context to like the battles and like the experiences that you're going to run into uh, while listening to that music blasting in the background. Um, yeah. But also Persona 5 comes out next week. I'm screwed. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you are a big Persona junkie, so. I'm so screwed. Uh, that's perfect for you. And not even touched Horizon. Like, what yeah, is going have- on? <laughs> I have Horizon sitting on my shelf right now waiting for me to to start playing that. Well, I hope you guys, uh, you know, good luck for your game of the year stuff because Ugh. like it's not like you're you got to do it for a magazine where you got to like touch everything, but you guys usually do a really good job of uh playing a little bit of everything to at least, you know, have a discussion about it and be able to, you know, justify the uh yeah. the arguments that go on. Yeah, we'll uh we'll see what happens cuz yeah, there's so much this year it's it's insane and we're only in uh we, we're just april 1st dude just dipping our toe into april right now so <laughs> yeah so hopefully they just cancel e3 this year just shut it down <laughs> and just like give everyone a break because i just don't know how i can you know can like again you know horizon i'm gonna wait i'll pick that up when it's like 30 bucks or something like that but it's just there's I'm just not that I'm not like Greg that's going to pre-order every game and just buy them and let them sit there. I just can't do that anymore. Um yeah. and I will say if you if you thought about a PS4 Pro like being able to I think that update came out right when I got back from Tokyo and uh playing Yakuza 0 like it's not obviously optimized for Pro but ever since they announced that uh firmware update that has I forget what the feature is called but it's like um Oh, do you remember what this is called? Like it is like the powered up feature, which oh, automatically yeah. makes a game like Yakuza Zero runs like like a little bit. It looks a little bit better, but the thing is, the load times are insane. Like they're super quick. It is way better. Oh really? Than what? Yeah. Like I didn't think it was going to improve load times, but the thing is, like load times are kind of non-existent now in Yakuza Zero. So that is oh man another is reason. It if, the, is it the boost mode? Boost mode, thank you. Um, yes. So that has just been uh, a huge, like a huge feature for for that hardware. That it would have been way better if they had it day one. But now they do have it. If you are thinking about getting a PlayStation Four, I think you're insane to not get the Pro for the next yeah. fifty bucks uh, or whatever it is. So, um, yeah. But I'm looking at my shelf, and right now the two things that are hooked up are a Super Famicom and a Dreamcast. So that's kind of what my life is. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe that's where we'll, we'll wrap it up. But um, you, again, you mentioned uh, POA. Uh, where can people check that out and where can they check out the other things that you got going on or potentially follow you on social media networks? Yeah. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at whimsical Phil over there. Uh, you can head over to player one podcast.com. 
to hear uh, me and uh, some of my pals discuss video games on a weekly basis. And one Mr. Kevin Larrabee tends to pop by every now and again to join us. Yeah, when there's always a blast. When there's uh, when there's an emergency and there's WrestleManias tomorrow, so I'm I'm I kind of have like <laughs> like penciled in because usually it's just when there's a rest like a very important wrestling event. Like I was on for WrestleMania last year. Uh, oh yeah. So I'm guessing like Ethan will probably delete his daughter's Blaster Master save tomorrow night <laughs> and have to like take her out to dinner or something. Uh, I don't I don't know, but uh, anything is so ridiculous. Anything is possible, but that's always yeah. that's always uh, a lot of fun. And you guys still, after God, it, what, it's eleven years for you guys. Yeah, I think we're in year eleven at this point. Still talking about video games, still talking about Crackdown, and still, yep. um, you know, still having a blast. Like I can't mention it enough, but it was little, like again when we talk about Crackdown, like that is when I, I started listening to you guys, is because. Like that was the podcast game for me. It was searching for orbs, listening to you oh, guys yeah. talk about Crackdown. It was the most meta thing of 2007. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, it's just a great time. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I have another podcast where it's uh, myself and Justin Chang, who uh, we were both uh, former Nintendo Power writers. And uh, if you want to hear us talk about toys, like I said, primarily Transformers and Lego. Uh, just go to iTunes and check out the Points of Articulation podcast. That actually reminded me one more thing. Since we're on April 1st, um, yes. do you have any memories of stuff that you guys did for like Nintendo Power EGM that that like were your moments of just pride and of personal achievement for getting on that April Fool's edition? Oh, man. You know what? Um, the big, you know, because I, I was... Uh, I was not around for most of the uh, the uh, uh, EGM April Fool's jokes, um, but when I was working on Expert Gamer magazine, mm-hmm. um, which is what EGM two turned into back in the day, right? Was, um, that, was that who who ran that? Was that James Milky that ran EGM two? EGM two was well. See, when EGM two originally started, it was just the regular EGM crew having to work twice as hard to put out two <laughs> magazines a month. <laughs> God, isn't Ziff Davis... Was it Ziff Davis still? I, I think that was just Sendai at that point. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then eventually uh, EGM2 turned into Expert Gamer, which they sort of refocused uh, to make it more of like a strategy magazine, kind of to, to compete with tips and tricks. For the pro players, for the experts. Yes. Yeah. You know, you had walkthroughs and and cheat codes and stuff like that. Um, but then uh, eventually, and that's that's when I started working there was, uh, you know, when when they were Expert Gamer and then Expert Gamer eventually morphed into a magazine called Game Now, which not many people are going to remember because it only lasted for about two years. And that was uh, this. This was Ziff Davis trying to get a younger skewing magazine to compete with game pro but um one of the big uh april fool's jokes that we were very proud of on game now was uh well this was back when uh metal gear solid 2 had just come out Mm -hmm. for the uh for the ps2 that's another game we should do on the show that would be pretty good to do so long yeah yeah we came up with uh a full page preview for an Xbox port 
of uh, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 2, which You're eventually right. ended up. It it well it it did eventually end up happening, mm-hmm. but uh, we called it, it was Metal Gear Solid X for the Xbox, and the uh, the big joke uh, thing was that you would be able to play a Solid Snake throughout the whole game. That would be so cool. Yeah, because at the time, obviously, everyone was kind Raiden. of upset. Yeah, that that you were stuck playing as Raiden through the bulk of the game. So the uh, the big joke is that you know the big you know kind of gotcha for everyone was like oh yeah this is snake side of the story so you'll mm. be able to play through as him and it unlocks all new areas of the game that you you know you couldn't get to as right end but you'll be able to get to as snake and we docked it up a whole bunch of screenshots and um you know actually took uh what was it there was a, a fight uh with the harrier jet and uh, you were riding down on the the ground fighting this Harrier jet, and uh, Snake was up in a helicopter. So we had like doctored a, a screenshot oh. of, of it. It, <laughs> it. It was from Snake's point of view, like looking down at the Harrier, uh, protecting <sighs> Raiden while while you fight. So we had all these, you know, sort of different uh, angles of of. Uh, this is the worst familiar it's, scenes. It's so believable. Yeah. That's that's if, like the worst one. Ugh. If if you uh, if you go to uh, Google and just do a Google image search for game now, uh, one word game now, uh, April Fool, uh, the first image that pops up is uh, actual a scan of that page on Reddit, and you can see we actually wrote up uh, a preview for it, and um, it's actually kind of funny because there's uh, you know some of the new areas in the game. Uh, if you look at if you're looking at the the screen sh- uh, or the the scan of the magazine, mm-hmm. uh, the screenshots at the top of the screen, there's like kind of a a, a sort of primarily red looking area. Uh, oh, those geez. are just. Are you looking at the pictures now? <laughs> I'm still trying to find it, but this is oh, like okay. again, I because I, I can't remember how you guys did it, but I remember like there would be uh, like in in. Maybe it was a game pro uh, that I was reading, but like usually it, there would be almost like a special section where you kind of knew it was like the April Fool's section. But I remember some years, like it would just look like another page in the magazine. Oh, yeah. And like this would be, again, you know, those are the best ones when it's just like so believable where you could look at it and be like, oh, yeah. All right. Well, I yep. guess I'll just go to, you know, Babbage's and pre order that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there. I just uh, actually just sent you a link uh, oh, to yeah, yeah. Uh, the picture there. But yeah, the uh, the area. Oh, the, the <laughs> <laughs> See, like, the, yeah, look at this. There is nothing on this that like says it's an April Fool's joke. It just looks yeah, like yeah. a game preview. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you but buttheads! That, those those uh, red areas up there in the uh, upper right corner. Uh, that's actually just like our offices. You know, we just oh we took a, uh, we took a, a photograph of our cubicles and just sort of doctored them a little bit, and then photoshopped a <sighs> snake and an enemy soldier in there. How many? So. Like I, I just th- this is the other thing that I always think about when I look back at these is like the blowback that, that oh, the companies yeah. got. Like people, you know, would call up like 
Konami America and say like, yeah, where is this game? Like, I can't find this yeah. game or how many people called up their local game stores. Like, say, no, I, I saw it in game now. Like, no, there's a feature in game now. Like, why don't you guys have yeah. this? Exactly. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. No, but yeah, again, like you you talk about like, yeah, some previously locked areas of Shell 1 and Shell 2 will now be accessible. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Like, they just, it's like an expansion. Cool. Yeah, we tried to make it sound realistic. <laughs> So, Jeez, yeah, this is the best. Yeah, yeah that uh, that screenshot of uh, Snake fighting Revolver Ocelot. Um, I, I remember uh, Mike Vallis was mm-hmm. uh, kind of our Photoshop master. He was one of the art guys there at the time. He was the one who put together all these fake screenshots. But um, that that image of Revolver Ocelot—that's actually uh, that was uh, Vallis's. Uh, revolver ocelot action figure <sighs> that he just he took a picture of the action figure and uh tossed it into the game there well come on like, yeah i mean that's the cool thing about like the magazines it's not like they were low res but these games were like low res enough where you could do that and do a yeah. couple filters over it and it totally yeah exactly. like I'm, I'm looking at this and you're like oh yeah like if someone's telling me that it totally does look like an action figure yeah oh god um <laughs> So yeah, that that was the one that we were most proud of for sure. I would have totally bought that. Like I totally like uh I only had Xbox, so I played Metal Gear Solid 2 at a friend's house like a little bit and we uh like I convinced him to buy uh was it Zone of the Enders. Like I convinced him to buy oh, that yeah. just so we could play the demo and I pre-ordered what well, it was sub what, what did they call the it was subsistence or Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was subsistence. And and then Metal Gear Solid three, they ended up or no, it was subs anyways. Kojima. Yeah. Um yeah. subsistence. Yeah, I think it was subsistence, wasn't it? I think Metal Gear Solid three, the extra, you know, edition yeah. on the PS two was subsistence and Okay. Whatever. Um but yeah, yeah. like again, like you guys were just right on the mark it was just like a little bit early and somewhat uh factually incorrect yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it ended up coming out so even if people were mad you could just be like no like maybe we actually did hear a little a little something something and it was just you know yeah 100 correct which is which is how it happens um yeah yeah i i I gotta see because i would maybe there's probably unlike neogaf today but i like to take like a, a look at a roundup of just some of the yeah there's one there's just like the new stuff but i'd like to take a, a look at just like the best april fools magazine stuff um yeah because even nintendo power like game pro did a really weird thing but it like had a completely different look so you knew it was fake um right which made sense but uh yeah game magazines are cool they're still yes, awesome indeed. yes indeed they are uh, so if we can only all- there were more of them out there well they are they're just all frank Cifaldi's house yeah. <laughs> so you get to go to Frank's house and he has every magazine ever. Uh, and you can yeah, go, of course, go check those out. Um, all right. So I think that is where we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, that was really fun. And uh, again, you know, go and find a way to play Mega Man 6. There's a million different ways. Don't do it. Don't go to game roms. No. Uh, 
what did they used to call them? Dot wares or something like that. Don't go to yeah. something like that because now like they can buy your internet history. So if oh, Nintendo yeah, wants, Nintendo could buy your internet history and take you to court. Um, so don't do that. But yeah, go go and play this game. And uh, maybe if you want, uh, give me some feedback and let me know. Like, should we go to Mega Man Seven next? Because that's it's literally mm. I have a copy of Rockman Seven that I picked up for five hundred yen a couple weeks ago in Japan. It's nice. all yellow, but it works. Um, so maybe we could just do that next. That'd be a cool like A B comparison. Yeah, that would be awesome. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Back in My Play. Thank you so much to everyone that is tuned in for this episode, especially if you're a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash back in my play. Your contributions mean the world now that this is kind of my job. So I would really appreciate any kind of support to help keep this show going. And don't forget, back in my play, Patreon supporters are getting a bunch of extra exclusive uh, content starting. It uh, looks like mid-April is when that's going to get going, but it's really going to pick up in in May when there is a changeover from per episode to a monthly setup. Details on that will be coming soon, but for anyone that is a current Patreon, it's an easy uh, transition, so you'll get details on all that uh, weeks before it even happens. Uh, but yeah, again, thank you so much for, for tuning in, and Phil, thank you so much for taking your time and for providing your Mega Man expertise. Well, thank you for having me, Kevin. Always a treat. All right, guys, we will see you next time. Get back to your games and uh, perfect reason to not be social now. Too many good games to play, especially if you are going and checking out the old ones too. So no one's going to hold it against you, especially not us. Uh, Take care and we'll see you next time.